Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Academy Rewind, the fortnightly podcast, LOL, uh, that takes a look at the Oscars from years past. I am Tim, and with me for our best of 2022 is Palmer. How are you today? I am good. How about yourself? I am doing well. Um, Hopefully, this is the beginning of the return of Academy Rewind post Oscar season. I think that will be our next big one. And then we'll, uh, we'll dive into our remaining two seasons after that. Here's hoping. Uh, and, uh, with us, of course, uh, because we can't do a best of episode without friend of the show, amazing podcaster and all around wonderful person. It's Lisa. How are you today? Hey, I don't know if I deserve all that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for having me back. Oh, happy to have you. Lisa is, of course, the host of the I Love That Movie podcast. Uh, and so you can check her, uh, you can check all of her work out over there. Lisa, why don't you plug at the beginning and plug at the and we'll plug at the end too. Okay. Uh, yeah. So like you said, I have a podcast called I Love That Movie. We basically just talk about a movie that my guest loves and I have lots of different guests on there. Um, and you guys have both been guests and, uh, you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter at ILT and podcast. And I'm on Instagram at, I love that movie podcast. Fantastic. And you can find Palmer, um, wandering the streets, ringing mm-hmm. a bell, <laughs> warning people of the apocalypse. <laughs> um god loves you he's gonna kill you (laughs) okay um let's get started with our top tens uh we're gonna do something a little bit different this time around uh and every movie is going to be timed for five minutes um and we can't talk about it any further past that time even if we're mid-sentence you gotta cut off just to keep it just to keep it rolling and interesting for us. Um so um let us begin. Lisa, you're the guest, so we'll start with your um we'll start with your number ten, uh, if that works for you. And uh it does. Yeah, let us know and I will start the timer. Here we go. Okay, go ahead and start the timer. All right, so my number 10 movie is X. X, that's the um, Mia Goth movie, right? That's, that's one of them. I have not I have <laughs> yeah. not seen Pearl. I suspect that Pearl would have this slot had I seen that, but Wait, you haven't I seen saw... Pearl? I have not. I didn't get to, um, I didn't get to either get... of these and I wanted to, but they I just couldn't I just couldn't fit them in. I had both of yeah. them on my guess for you. Oh yeah, oh, should be sure. Yeah. Palmer Palmer made lists guessing what he thinks all of our <laughs> movies are. And so I love that he does that. Yeah. But yeah, so I so X is my number 10. What about y'all? Um well before you like I didn't see sure. it. Palmer, did you see it? Uh yes, I did. And uh, I thought it was really well done. I like this more than I like Pearl. Um, okay. I I think Pearl the difference between X and Pearl is Pearl is just Mia Goth. Like she Yeah. Like that's the reason to see it. X more of an ensemble and more of a straight horror that that really took me by surprise. Although I typically like Ty West stuff to begin with. Hmm. 
it's really fun and it's funny and it's sexy. It's just, and it's great horror. Um, a yeah. good tribute to the genre. Pretty sure you just yes. described my Tinder profile, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Oh my, indeed. Um, Palmer, what is your number 10? My number 10 is a romantic comedy, um, apparently based off of a book called The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery. Oh, I thought you didn't like this when you were talking to me about it. I'm so, I'm interested. The book is yeah, great. No, is it? No, that's nice. So uh, it is about this man, A.J. Fickery, whose wife has died and he owns a bookstore in like... Not necessarily Martha's Vineyard, but it's like an island community, a very small island community. And one day someone randomly leaves a child in the bookstore and with a note that says, all right, she's all yours now. I'm out of here. And he adopts the child. Yep, He adopts the child. And then he kind of develops a relationship with his book distributor um, lady who is played by Lucy Hale. Yes. And it cool. is it is very sweet and funny. Um I love sappy romantic movies anyway, but this is also about it like him kind of changing his entire life cuz he was very depressed with his wife's dead with his wife's death and now he has this child that he kind of begrudgingly starts taking care of because he doesn't feel he doesn't want her to grow up in the system so he takes her in and raises her so it's about his expanse the expanse of their life from that point forward nice that yeah. sounds lovely i like i really liked the book so i'm actually glad to hear that the the movie is also good i will have to watch that one day i will get there um my number 10 is marsh marcel the shell with his shoes on Oh, <laughs> I've not seen that. It was great. It was like kind of melancholy, but also like really sassy and fun. And um, it felt like, I don't know if you've watched the YouTube videos of Marcel the Shell, but it just is like yeah. an hour and a half version of that. Um, and okay. like, it's pretty meta because like they like make the show to attract like to end up like attracting the attention of finding his family and what happened to them. And he's just got some really good one liners and it was, it was really cute. And I'm, I'm glad I watched it and I can see why, like I liked Marcel before they made a movie. So I was excited that the movie was coming out and it was, it pretty much like fulfilled every desire I had for a Marcel, the shell movie. So it was great. Very nice. I didn't even know that it was based off of a pre-existing thing. Oh yeah, he's yeah. I if you yeah. if you're if you're not sure if you want to watch the movie or not, just watch some of the YouTube videos, and then you can kind of judge from there because okay. it is great. I think I shall. Excellent. All right. Well, that wraps up number ten, and we did it under five minutes. Congratulations, everybody! Amazing. Amazing. So let's we go, did it. We did it. So let's go to number which which is not exactly the rule that I had. It was going to be five minutes per movie per person, but I like this five minutes per number. Then it would be instead. two hours, Tim. Yeah. Well, that's what it yeah, always. I was going to say how many. <laughs> that's what it. That's what <laughs> it always is. A long time. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm happy for five. I'm happy for five minutes per um 
per uh, movie. I am going to um, uh, should we go now? I'm going to keep it at five minutes. I don't really care. I was going to say yeah. let's do the three minutes because it's three minutes per person or per movie, but I don't even care. Let's do five minutes because I don't know how to change the timer on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, number nine, Lisa. I su- I selected the movie Prey. Prey, Hulu's uh, uh, Predator Predator prequel. I liked Prey a lot. Prey was yes. great. I really enjoyed this movie. When I saw the trailer, I thought the concept looked really interesting. Um, I covered Predator for the podcast and realized that they alluded to you know, the predator having been to the earth before. So that kind of checked out and then it ended up being kind of a sleeper hit where everyone really loved this movie and it really resonated with a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I thought it was done really well. I liked it a lot more than I expected to. So mm-hmm. that's why it's at my number nine. Did you watch it in English or did you watch it in Comanche? Uh, in English. Yeah. Interesting. I, yeah. I only watched it once, but I watched it in Comanche. So I was like, I'd be interested Ooh. to, because I was like, listen, if you went through the trouble of filming every scene twice, one of them in, uh, you know, one of them in the original language of the, you know, of the nation that we're that we're watching, I would like mm. the I would like that authenticity, please. So, yeah, um, it was a great it was really immersive experience. I enjoyed it a lot. So it wasn't just dubbed. It was actually shot twice. I'm pretty sure they shot it twice. If not. It's a really good dub, yeah. Um, because mm. it was hard to tell, but that also happens when you're reading the subtitles to like listen to the right. you know, sound. So yeah, yeah. yeah. True. Um, yeah. Prey was great. It uh, was in my top ten until like I finally watched some movies from this year. So it, like until you watched eleven into, movies. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So so it edged its way out, but it was great. I loved it. Um, yeah, I I thought it was pretty good. I. I still really like the predators that nobody else seemed to like. Like I really liked the predator where they were on the planet and you had um, Adrian Brody. Oh, predators. Yeah. 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 And then I also liked the last one that they did on earth, which I, which nobody liked, but this one I thought was done really well. The lead actress, I think does a really good job and I can't Mm -hmm. wait to see her in more things. This did a really good job at that at tying the stuff in that you know is coming, but still kind of giving you a fresh perspective and setting stuff up. Mm. So I, I'm, I can't wait for them to do a sequel. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they do. Uh, Palmer, what is your number nine? Number nine might be, I think, the movie that I laughed at the most this year. And it's a Netflix original movie by Judd Apatow called The Bubble. I had no idea oh, that John Apatow released a movie. Seeing... Yeah. Yeah, uh, I remember seeing yeah. the previews for that. So it's about a group of actors and actresses that are stuck inside um, a hotel during a shoot coming back oh, from right. lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the beginning, the beginning portion of the movie is them all arriving at the hotel that they're staying at, and they have to quarantine in their own separate rooms for like two weeks before they can even start mingling and all of the various all of the various things that come along with that like them going kind of stir crazy mm-hmm. and then having no 
real contact with anybody outside of the production. And, you know, of course, the production's not going to go well. It's going to be, you know, the movie's going to be in total chaos. People are, like, trying to trying to dig their way out of the set to to leave. There's a, there's a few cameos that are just phenomenal. Um, but, I'm like, Judd Apatow movies I typically like but I feel like they go on a little bit too long, and this actually reigns in just enough. Nice. Nice. Um, my number nine is The Woman King. Either oh, you see I it? haven't seen that yet. It was well well worth your time. I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, I don't know if it was... It, it wasn't historically accurate, but I liked the presentation that it was doing because it was like this, um, I would say, like, the world you want to live in instead of the world that does exist. And I kind of liked that where, like, you know, it doesn't have to be 100% real for me to enjoy a yeah. historical movie. Um, but I I liked that. Um, I liked what it was doing. And I thought that, and sometimes it, it honestly, and sometimes it, it tricked me and but and sometimes it it went in a direction that i um well we ran out of time so you'll never know doesn't matter um is is the woman king on either of your lists it is not okay well nope. then that's I, it we're moving on <laughs> i haven't finished it no to finish your thought um it uh the story itself you've seen before it's one of those like you can like if you if you're pretty good at like or if you've seen a lot of stories you'd be like oh this character's probably this and this character's this and they're going to intermingle like this and and you can see it all kind of laid out but then it does a few things uh with like a slight twist that intrigued me enough that i was like oh well done you good job um sets were good cast was good you hated the people you were supposed to hate you liked the people you were supposed to like and honestly that you know that makes a good movie so I recommend it. Sounds solid. Right. Yeah, I have to see it. All right. Um, number eight, Lisa. Number eight for me was The Glass Onion. Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery, which really should yes. have been a Benoit Blanc mystery, probably. Um, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> uh, why Glass Onion? Why did you like it so much? So... I love Knives Out, and I thought that I was going to like this. I actually maybe like this movie more than Knives Out. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I thought it was entertaining. I thought it was fresh compared to the other one. Um, I liked the characters more. I liked the bad guy more. I liked the resolution more. I just honestly just thought this was a great movie. Um, and like I said, I liked it better than the first one. Yeah, yeah, I've heard a few people say that, um, that they like they just uh, tuned into this one a little bit more than the first one. Um, I liked the first one more, I think, but that a lot of that I think had to do with the setting. Like, I just liked uh, the yeah. I liked like the old house and like it it leaned into its Agatha Christie roots, I think, and mm -hmm. um, whereas this one, you know, does not and. Uh, truthfully, the like living in the world of COVID, where they like talk about it and they're like, should we hug? Should we not? It kind of got to me because it not because like like it just felt like I was too much in the real world, but watching a Knives Out mystery at the same time. Like got it. It, I couldn't okay. drive with those two things together. Um, 
But my fun fact is that Glass Onion House, that island, is for sale for $450 million. It's a real place. Oh, okay. Yeah, so if Not anybody's got any money lying around. <laughs> um, Palmer, your number eight. My number eight is a sequel that took a long time to get made, but but uh, still really, really good. Top Gun Maverick. Oh, I still haven't seen that either. Can I, you believe that? Honestly, thought I, you were going to say Avatar when you were like a long time sequel coming. Well, oh. I mean, it really was like this is back <laughs> from the '80s, so even sure. longer than Avatar. So mm-hmm. go figure. Um, I mean, it's it's all it's. I wouldn't say it's like the same story over again. Obviously, we see Maverick later on in his life. It hits the kind the same kind of beats you have this young up-and-coming cocky person with a very punchable face played by of course miles <laughs> oh, teller honestly god this is one of the only movies that i could stand miles teller where i was like wow you're actually good i think i understand why people like you oh i wanted why to they punch don't... him more than ever in this movie i don't think th- i think that his but i think his character demanded that in this movie more than yeah. just like whatever part he's playing, you want to punch him in the face. Like, I will say that I think that that his character in this movie is more of a detriment to him because I don't know if this was told to him by the directors or if this was how he decided to take the character. There are times where he tries to play it way too much like Anthony Edwards. Sure. Well, I mean, it is, it is I guess, not a spoiler. I, I know it's but, his son, but, yeah. um, but still, like, it's just... It seems it seems in this instance like you're just trying to harken back to the 80s movie a little bit too much at the time. Mm. So it, it's weird because I, I liked the similar kind of aspect with Ghostbusters last year. And I'm kind of knocking Miles Teller for it this year. But other than that, the action sequences are great. I really loved uh, the cameos. Mm-hmm. And it was nice to see the story continue many years later. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think the sequences were re- like, the sequences were really strong, and I I think I enjoyed myself way more than I thought I was going to. Everyone was like, "It's the greatest movie that's ever been made this year, probably." And I was like, mm, "Is it?" And then I walked away, gone. It might have been at the time. Like that was like that was really good. Um, so so your views align with Ben Shapiro is what you're saying. I have no idea I'm what Ben kidding. Shapiro actually thought about this movie. I try not to think about Ben Shapiro. <laughs> he loved it at all, but it was just well, funny it was, that he was. Like, it was very raw, said, raw America, so he had to love it. Yeah, he was like, "All the other movies are awful. Who's heard of those other ones?" Yeah. Oh my gosh! I was just kidding, though. No. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Bad taste in my mouth. Um, okay. Um, oh, we're out of time for me. Um, we're definitely gonna have to do more than five minutes, but that's okay. Um, my number. What number am I on? One, two, eight. three, eight. My number eight is Elvis. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which I um I liked quite a bit. Um, it was dizzying as all Al Baz Luhrmann films are, but um, <laughs> I thought that I thought that the way the story was told, the lens like through the uh, his like Elvis's relationship with his manager, whose name escapes me. Um, Colonel uh, Rob Parker. Colonel, thank you. Um, the Colonel. Um, I liked that style very much, and I think biopics have a very hard time, um, like 
showing the passage of time in a logical mm-hmm. sequence. And I thought like I knew exactly where Elvis was at each stage of his life in this movie. And at the pace that it was telling it, I never felt like I was missing any of the story at the same time. So I was just, I was just really impressed with the product that it finally delivered. Um, and so, uh, yeah. And I, I think, um, oh my God, uh, Austin Butler was just, just insanely good. Like, yeah. like I think this movie made yeah, me more of an Elvis fan than like I was in my whole life. Like just after watching the whole thing and, and Austin Butler fan for that matter. So, um, and it was great to watch Tom Hanks be a bad guy, which never happens. I like mm-hmm. when he decides to break the, um, um, Hollywood's dad mold. I like that a lot. It was great to see Tom Hanks in a role that you could actually forget it's Tom Hanks. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, you could sometimes. I I felt yeah, like he... I was watching Elvis, but I did feel like I was watching Tom Hanks do a thing most of the yeah, time. Yeah, okay. But like I feel, I feel like he kind of, tra- for the most part, he kind of transcended himself, which I think is very difficult to do when you're the caliber of Tom Hanks. But I agree. I think out of the two, Austin really conveys Elvis. Yeah. And the my favorite part was like it gave me a side that I didn't know. Like I didn't know any of the controversy surrounding Same. Colonel Parker. Yeah. I didn't um, know anything. And this movie, unlike another movie that was released the same year, did a really good job at showing somebody that at times was trapped in their in their celebrity, but it didn't mm-hmm. harp on it so much to the point where the where it dragged the entire movie down. Wait, what movie was that? Yeah, yeah, he had Blonde. He... Oh, I didn't see Blonde. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Don't. I think ever. Paul, you and I had a conversation about how I feel like when they do biopics of women, sometimes the tragedy in their lives overshadows all their accomplishments. Right. And that's kind of the problem that I have with movies like that, where it's like all we spend the whole movie just being so sad about the bad things that happened to them. And we don't think about everything they did. Whereas I felt like this Elvis movie did a good job of showing the tragedies that happened in his life, but also showed all the great stuff he did too. I think the only thing for me personally, the movie was just too long. Oh yeah, I watched it over three days. It I think yeah, way too long. Yeah. If it was shorter, I think it would have made my list. But it was well done. I I I feel you. Like there's there's a specific point in time in this movie where you start to feel the pacing, and then it's just like, all right, let's TikTok. Yeah. Uh, speaking <laughs> of TikTok, I'm going to move us on to another movie. So Lisa, you're number seven. Okay. My number seven is The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> I did not get to um, it, and I still want to. I, I oh did it. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I didn't. It's I never so, got to it. Dang it. So funny. I have always been a big Nicolas Cage fan. I remember, I mean, he's become basically like a meme, but I remember like <laughs> when I was younger at work, we would all, it, it was sort of an inside joke. It sort of wasn't. We would all talk about Nicolas Cage a lot to the point where my boss, I remember her act, asking us, are you fans or are you not? And we would all just like look at her and go, he's the greatest actor of our generation. <laughs> and like not ever like fully answer. And it I feel like. That sounds like what movie... I do with Tim when he asks me a question. That's true. No matter what the it question just... is, he's the greatest actor of our generation. <laughs> 
The biggest surprise, though, is his chemistry with Pedro Pascal. Like, I, I just, I can't sell it enough. This movie is hilarious. It knows what it is, but it does it super well. It is genuinely funny, genuinely moving, genuinely good. So I recommend it. I feel like Nicolas Cage can have chemistry with virtually anybody. And he's only kind of... Even himself, as he <laughs> does in this movie at yeah. times. And he's only really become the meme he is because of his because of his tax debt. Like he had yeah. to do like every movie that was offered to him. Like let's not forget mm-hmm. he he's won an Academy Award. Yes, he was yeah, really he good in really Las good Vegas. Actor. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if but... you've seen the interviews too, where he says like people have asked him like to comment on bad movies he's been in, and he won't speak ill of projects he's in, which. That's, He'll just be like, they all gave something different, and I enjoyed doing them. And yeah. I'm like, dude, what a pro! That's yeah. way professional. Like, good for him. Like, yeah. that's yeah. he's not out to diss anybody or to put anybody down. He's just there to do his job. Good for him. Yeah, I will definitely but, watch yeah. this. I will definitely I, get to you it. Definitely should. It's it's hilarious. Like even even the trailers, which already make it look hilarious, don't really do it justice. Great. Agreed. Great. Uh, Palmer, your number uh, seven. My number seven is the sequel of a movie that's been in long development <laughs> and finally came out, and it is Clerks Three. You just you just nailing okay. it. We're just nailing it. Yeah. <laughs> T- tell me why, because I. So I I was fine. Love Clerks Two. Like yeah. Clerks Two is one of my favorite movies of all time. I just love these characters so much. Don't do that. I will go to Texas, Lisa. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, I love the characters very much because I see I see a lot of myself in both leagues. It's not just one. It's totally. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. While I say Clerks 2 is better, I think Clerks 3 is just a perfect wrapping up of these characters' story arcs and lives. Um, I don't think we need to revisit it again. I think this, you know, for a movie that started from what, from where Kevin Smith started and kind of traveled to this movie now that takes place in his post-heart attack world, where it seems like he worked through a lot of his feelings that he had with mm-hmm. that in this movie. He's he's come out and said like a lot of the stuff Randall says during his hospitalization and talking to the doctors are all stuff like Kevin Smith said while he was going through the same thing. Sure. So I thought that was very cathartic for him. This movie is extremely emotional. I cried a couple of times. And um might not be his funniest movie, but I think it's probably the the one that would resonate the most with him. Yeah, I can I can get behind that, and I I truthfully I think this 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 style of Kevin Smith humor is something that I'm beyond now. It doesn't like it falls flat for the ages that they are, and so it makes me more like sad for them as characters not in all the decisions that they're making or even like the like i gotta do something with my life because this i i liked all of that i even liked how a lot of it resolved i loved the meta aspect of it especially like 
using clerks within clerks three. <laughs> like it was like that stuff was like really top notch. Um, um, but truly I think, uh, what this movie made me believe more than anything is how good of an actress Rosario Dawson is, which is like what clerks Two gives me a lot. But then in this movie, I'm like, you just crushed it. You like come in and you're just like, do yeah. some of the best acting of your career in clerks three. And then like, you're out of it. She's just so good. And I loved every second. Of, to be fair, of I that. felt the same thing with like clerks Two. Like, Oh yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can respect your choice for um I can respect your choice for why it's on the list, but I think it just it just didn't register with me the way that I wanted it to. But that's okay. Well, grow a heart is all I can tell you. That part yeah. I liked. That's the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh my number 7, mine are actually like numbered, so that's why I'm having a hard time like I'm gonna write. Mine too. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna write in mine. Uh, you know, five. Letterbox does this great thing where it puts the the numbers for you. You know, I did a screenshot of just like the, and I'm like counting backwards from Letterbox. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So, anyway, my, my number seven is the menu. Um, Ooh. Which uh, I just I knew nothing about when I watched it. That was what I think got me. Uh, I was like, oh, the menu, it's about a bunch of rich people who go to a fancy restaurant. I can't wait to see what it's like behind the scenes in the kitchen with Ralph Fiennes. And then um, and then I watched the movie and I was like, holy moly, this is not what I thought this movie was. This is way better. Um, and it just took me on a wild ride. And I thought it was really well crafted, paced, thought out, uh, acted um had a bit of home in it which i thought was hilarious cuz one of the characters says she's from Brockton Massachusetts which i worked in for like 11 years which i believe Palmer was even in today um i was yeah so i just thought that was really funny um and uh it was definitely it was definitely kind of surreal like there's this movie um called oh gosh now i can't remember the name of it entertaining angels Fallen Angels, Exterminate, Exterminating Angels, which is this uh, old surreal, surrealistic movie from the 30s or maybe 40s in which the like these people go to a dinner party and they can't leave the room. Like, ev- like mm. even when they like try to escape, they can't get out for whatever reason. Like somebody says something, it kind of pulls them back into the conversation and they just like keep talking around in circles and stuff. And like you just like see like society in a nutshell devolve in front of you, like through the movie. And it's really good. And it kind of reminded me of that. Like, I just like, I don't think the movie was subtle and I thought that was one of its strengths. Like it just went for it at a very particular point, especially when you don't know what it's about. Um, And I, uh, yeah, I very much liked it. Weird. I didn't know they made a movie about film making this podcast. (laughs) Hey, you're funny. You're funny, uh, boy. It comes back up on no. my list, so I don't want to say too much more. Okay. That's fine. Uh, we'll uh, call it there, then. Um, Palmer. Um, Lisa. No, I I, I was going to ask you if you had anything to say about um, 
um, this movie. But uh, I, I do. I agree with you. I'm actually shocked that it's on on your list. Um, I wasn't sure if you had saw it or not. But I, um, it was a good movie, so I was like, ah, there's no way it would be on Tim's list. Yeah, you're funny. Um, <laughs> the the only I th- I saw because I had bronchitis and yeah. I had to take a day. According, uh, the doctor gave me a note to be like, you can't go back to work after Christmas. Here's a note: you need to stay home. And so I was home all by myself. My child was uh, with her grandparents, and my wife was at work. And I was like, the menu came out on HBO Max today. I want to freaking watch it. And it was great because I actually got to watch a movie in a one sitting experience, even though I was sick. Like, it yeah. just made it better. So I, I, I'm not going to say that this is my favorite Ray Fiennes um, acting because he's definitely had like some really good dramatic pieces. But this might be the most fun I've I've seen feel like i've had watching ray fine sure he w- and he was definitely yeah. having fun for yeah. sure he was great in the grand budapest hotel which was kind of a little bit similar to his performance here so i you yeah that that was the like the non-dark side i agree but yeah. palmer hates wes anderson so this, uh, is, true. Gotcha. this is not a but i love the grand budapest not hotel because i do like good movies lisa um <laughs> um lisa you're number six my number six is a little horror movie called The Barbarian. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. A lot of horror on my list. And there really is. High up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, why The Barbarian? What's great about it? Um, No idea what this movie was about at all. I was on vacation in Vegas, actually, and there happened to be a movie theater in our hotel and I was like, cool. I don't know what to do. We're jet lagged. Um, we're going to end up going to bed early, whatever. But we we're like, let's see this movie right now. And it was amazing. It is so different from other horror movies. It's very entertaining. It's very shocking. There's a good 10 to 15 minutes in the movie where they start. It almost feels like another story. And you're like, where is this going? But then when it comes back around, you're like, oh, it's wild and i think everyone needs to see it um question um sure is this the one where like two people share a house and there's yep. like they discover a hall yes. i remember the trailer i wanted to see yeah. this and i didn't get around to it it's yeah it wild. looked horrifying and i whatever you think yeah. it's about it's about something else Excellent. I, I do kind of like i do kind of like that that's good um yeah. palmer uh, I thought this movie was pretty good myself. Um, Justin Long showing up kind of took me by surprise. And I really like the fact like like a week or two after this movie came out, the marketing switched and leaned heavily into the Justin Long just like randomly showing up and he was yeah. in the marketing material after that. And I thought that was a really good switch up. Uh, it, you know, you're right. It, it has some good zigs and zags. It's done well. It's nice and creepy. So I think, I think this was a good pick by you. Nice. Thanks. Nice. All right. My number six is a movie that is a sequel that took a long time to come out. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and this one is 
What? And this one is the Dakota Johnson starring starring Cha Cha Real Smooth. Is that, wow. Is that I didn't I wasn't heard of this it movie. was a sequel? I, yeah. No, it's not. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's I was not. like, are you serious? <laughs> what, what was the first one? Cha Cha like uh, not smooth? Like not real smooth. It, not real actually smooth. the first one was the electric slide. Oh, well. Um uh, yeah. See. This was an Apple TV movie, right? Uh, yes, yes, it was. Yeah. It's got uh, Cooper Rafe, uh, Dakota Johnson. Cooper Rafe also wrote and directed it. It is about a young man who um, goes with his brother to a bar mitzvah because his brother feels like he'll be out of place and he's really shy. So his, you know, his brother that he looks up to helps him out, kind of gives him some pointers is on interacting with girls and he kind of the brother kind of helps get it get the bar mitzvah going and it turns into a career of kind of DJing these bar mitzvahs in his brother's circle and he meets this woman who's at all of these bar mitzvahs with her child who's kind of just being invited out of being nice and her her daughter is on the autism spectrum and he has feelings for the mother but he also develops a friendship with the daughter, um, totally, totally aside, you know, from her disability is a strong word, but from her, from her autism, and he looks out for her just like he would his his brother, and it's just a really good, it's a really good piece about humans being kind to each other. Oh, that sounds lovely. I yeah. I feel like I will. My my wife would like that. I maybe we should watch it together. Um, my number six. Probably. My number six is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, uh, mm. the stop motion Pinocchio on Netflix. Which del Toro is one of my favorite directors, so I was like anticipating at least enjoying it because truthfully, I hate Pinocchio. Like, I do not <laughs> like the story of Pinocchio. Because yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it it's is. Creepy and it, it's, it's creepy they, and weird. It's creepy and weird. The donkey part is the... Yep. It's it's all not good. And so <laughs> it made the list in just in enough that he took the good parts about Pinocchio and just threw out the rest that's not good. Um, because yeah. what the... I don't know. Do either of you see this? Oh yeah, I did. It's really good. I'm surprised it's not on my list, but there were just there were so many good ones this year. There I are. am too, Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear what Palmer thought was actually on our list. That's going to be the the good one. Um, yes. uh, I um I just really like this idea that like like you have Pinocchio, who's this not real boy. He's a puppet, <gasps> and. And you have that juxtaposed with the rise of fascism in in Italy, in which like yes. everyone is is or like they're becoming puppets, and the only like real boy is the puppet, right? The only one that thinks for himself, speaks for himself, like tries to live his own life, discover what's new and exciting and love, and like instead of like moving in this moving into like this brutalist fashion, um, I just liked those two things. Um, yeah, juxtaposed against one another, and I thought the performances, uh, particularly from Geppetto, was I can't remember the guy who played him. He's um, it was Filch, Filch from, from Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and yeah, he's, uh, David Brett, 
Thank you. Thank you. I just thought he was amazing. Um, He was so good. There was like, because it's Del Toro, there's so much heart. There's so many good themes and motifs and like the colors, like, like, and like so much of what he did with the camera and the movements of the people. um, It just all really worked for me from start to finish. And like, I loved the music, Alexander Desplat's music. He did only wooden instruments through the entirety of the movie. Um, and so, like, it has, like, this really nice, like, hollow, but, like, lovely, warm sound to it. So, like, it just parallels the story well. And, yeah, I just loved the whole thing. I was really, um, I was really taken with it. So It's so good. I loved all the behind the scenes with Guillermo del Toro where he talked a lot about animation. Mm-hmm. And I particularly liked when he said that a lot of like Pixar type films and I mean, I like Pixar, but he talked about how there's almost like too much movement. It's caricature. It's so exaggerated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that this style of his animation was more subtle, the quiet moments. And I was just like, yes, yes. Like everything he was saying. Yep. So mm-hmm. that was really good. Yeah. It, this movie just... Every time a movie of his comes out, it just reconfirms how much I love him. And I think, you know, Mm because sometimes you can, you know, it's been a while since you've seen a movie from a person, you you know, they start to float away from you. And then like, and then it's like, yes, everything you, everything you do, it's just gold. I love it. Um, So very good. We're into our top five. Lisa, you're number five. Okay, this might surprise y'all, but this is where I put everything everywhere all at once. That does not surprise me uh, at all. Tell me why. Well, I really liked it. I will say I could have benefited from seeing it when it first came out. Um, I think having so many opinions and seeing so much coverage of it kind of hurt the experience for me a little bit. And that's not anyone else's fault, (laughs) but it's just the truth. Um, I feel like by the time I saw it, I'd seen so much iconic imagery from it. It kind of took away from getting to experience it for the first time. Um, I was nervous that I would cry too much watching it, which I did. I cried several times, (laughs) Um, but it was very good. Um, I thought all the performances, Michelle Yeoh and um, and Kay, um, are incredible. You know, standouts in the movie, and it, it's just it's like everyone says, it's really good. Yeah, Palmer, did you see it? I did. Uh, you can go. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, Lisa, I agree with you. I I didn't see this until Christmas. Like that's how long it took me to get to it. And I feel like by the time that I got to it, I was like, this movie is overhyped. And so, yeah, um, I was like, I feel bad for saying that. I never say that. But this time I was like, yeah, I wish I'd seen it first. Me too. Yeah. Cause I, um, I thought I can understand why people love it. I thought it was good. I, the Michelle Yeoh was amazing, particularly like, but I always liked Michelle Yeoh. So she like, she wasn't like a revelation. Like I was like, she's always good. She's like always great. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why yeah. everyone's just catching up to that. Um and so um it to me it just felt like the matrix with the multiverse in some way. Mm-hmm. Um and that except it has this cultural family factor attached to it instead of it being like generic white hero. Like, you know, you have something that is like really authentic to people's lives. And that's the part that I, I like latched onto and that I, I really liked about it. 
Um, but I, I truly, I, I walked away from it a little disappointed. I think because people spoke about it like it was the second coming of Ben and Jerry's, and I just couldn't like, yeah, I just couldn't get like behind that. I, it, it got in its own way. Uh, I actually completely agree with that take, and I watched this back in June when it first hit digital. So, so that just goes to show like how how hype this movie has been throughout the entire year, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll be talking about it in 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 the next episode for the Oscars. I'm sure it's going to get nominated for Best Picture. So maybe when I when I revisit it for that for that I'll I'll see a little bit more of what people saw in it because I'll be divorced then from the hype. Yeah, yeah, it, you know, it, like objectively watching it, I was looking at like the way that it opens, and I like it's got a lot of a lot of circle motifs, and it like visually it starts right away, like telling you its story well, and like every part of it is like so intricately planned out that like if you're really paying attention there's a lot to go back to and see again and catch and i i liked all of that but i really i really think the hype hurt it and uh and so i just it didn't make my top 10 um just uh i think because of like the personal feeling of it so no i completely understand why it's it's not your number 1 um, Palmer, you are number five. Uh, my number five is a little animated movie called Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Woo! It's nice. great. Yay. Yeah. Um, and it's great. Like, I really love stop motion as a medium, um, especially in this day and age where everything has this the same looking computer generated look to it that I feel like I I feel like a lot of art and soul is missing in a lot of animated movies nowadays, just like the characters having heart and soul. And this movie does a really good job at picking up those pieces of animated of animation and kind of running with it. All these characters feel like they're three-dimensional characters and not mm-hmm. just animations. They all have emotions that they can convey without looking very, very like surgically done. Mm-hmm. Um, I did really like the, I did, did really like the sub, you know, the subtext of this all happening around the rise of fascism in, in Italy. Um, the, I think my only, my only ding on it would be like, a, I don't think it needed the songs. Yeah, you know, but I saw Del Toro's uh, the behind the scenes thing. They he said like it's not a musical; it's a movie with songs in it. You know, right. it's not a ghost; it's not a horror movie. Yeah. it's a love story I, with D- ghosts Del Toro's in it. a notorious liar. Yeah, he is a notorious liar. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's not a. Like, it's not. It's not a, a this. It's a this, yeah. and you're like, no, but it actually is a this. Like, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> no. Crimson Peaks is is scary as all hell, Guillermo. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking. You lied about. To it's me. not a horror movie. It's a love story with ghosts. Get out of here. Yeah, Just get the crap out of me in the first two minutes. <laughs> like, but um, 
Uh, he is right, though. But I, uh, I do I, think they feel like weirdly pushed in. Uh, I agree. Like I could have done without I, the songs were very nice, but like I could have yeah. done without them and enjoyed the movie yeah. just the same. Yeah. And Every I time really they happened. I would be like, oh, I guess there's songs in this. Like I just kind of <laughs> didn't expect them. Oh, we're doing this again. Yeah. Um, and then I also I really enjoyed Christoph Waltz in this. Yeah. I thought I thought him playing um, Stromboli, the Stromboli character. Mm-hmm. Uh, was re- was really well done and really like really good casting. And without a part with him, which I will not necessarily give away, but there's like a really brutal thing with him going towards the end of the movie. Like yeah. I'm like, whoa, you that was a a lot. That, <laughs> without spoiling it, and it was just like like I know kids movies can. Like sometimes they veer away from violence, um, like in shadows, whenever else, and this one kind of did, but it was enough. Like it was enough for me. Like, oh man, that that hurt me inside. Like, <laughs> yeah, as I'm sure it hurt you. Um, so, um, but I want to say it out loud for spoilers. But, um, my number five is the Batman, um, which nice. uh, which I think is a, a very good movie, and I. Um, I actually rewatched this this week before we did this episode because I I hadn't watched it really since it came out and I wanted to make sure that I wasn't like no it was great or that the internet made me think it was great or you know like how like that yeah tends to happen so I I rewatched it um and my wife actually watched it and she doesn't really care about superhero movies at all I just kind of had it on and I watched her get sucked into it. Which I, which is, I think, the mark of a good movie because there are other ones that have been on that she doesn't like. She'll like, she'll phase right out. She'll do another thing. She'll leave the room and whatever she was doing. I literally watched her like put the iPad down and actually move closer to the television and like lean into it to watch it. And that, that to me really confirmed how I felt about it the first time I watched it. Um, I think it's very good. Um, and uh, I just, I, as I get older, I'm starting to enjoy, like, superhero movies that have a slower pace, that are mm-hmm. less bombastic. I'm not as interested in the violence. I'm more interested in the character work. And so, like, as cool as a fight scene can be, that's not really why I'm watching the movie anymore. Um, and so if that's all it's offering me, I Black Adam, um, I don't care <laughs> um, at all. And the Batman goes in a completely different direction and offers me characters um, and mystery. And if there is action, it's with extreme purpose. Uh, And I just, I really enjoyed that about it. So number five for me. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to restart the timer and we're going to go to Lisa's number four. My number four is the menu nice nice um yeah as a self-proclaimed foodie i felt i and as someone who worked at a restaurant um for a couple years as a waiter i just feel like this movie really resonated with me on every level like in Mm -hmm. some ways i felt like it was like making fun of me but then in other ways i really related to the wait staff i just i don't know i just absolutely loved 
the messaging in this film. I loved that I walked in not realizing how off the wall it was going to be, how intense it was going to get. Um, you guys have already said it, but Ray Fiennes is incredible in this movie, um, as is Anne Taylor-Joy and Nicholas Holt. I'm going to say it. You love to hate him, but he's great. Everything oh, yeah, that I he's like always about, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really love the show White Lotus, and I feel like this has a lot of – White Lotus isn't quite as violent and not quite as crazy, but lots of crazy stuff happens, and it has to do with classism and things like that. So mm-hmm. I think if you like this, that show might be something you want to check out. That's the best good, pitch but... for White Lotus that I've heard yet, actually, because yeah. I have not watched it, but everybody does, and I feel like I'm missing out. Um, you are. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that tells me on that. Yeah. Uh, Palmer, you're number four. My number four is a movie that has taken a long time to finally get to theaters. Uh, going all the way back to 1999 when it first started development, and it's The Fablements, mm-hmm. based off of the life of Steven Spielberg. Hold up, he's been developing this movie Damn, since 1999. Yes. You know, for someone who loves Steven Spielberg, it's very unfortunate you don't know anything about him. I I like to judge him purely based on his movies and not his personal life. This the deviant that he is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um tell me why. Uh, yes. Uh well, for one, it's one of you know, it's probably his most personal story because it is the story about him growing up in his family and showing like you know, it's not like he had a bad childhood. He had a he had a good childhood, but like his family wasn't perfect and he doesn't pretend that they are. He doesn't shy away from like their quirks and their faults, which I think is really could be really difficult to do, especially when it's your parents. Yeah. And he he does it with such a he does it with such a truthfulness that it that it goes really through the entire movie and i'm not sure like it it gets to the point where you're not even sure like you're seeing michelle williams play his mom Mm -hmm. or paul dano play his dad like you're just seeing his mom and his dad um the one thing i would say i really wish i would have gotten more judd hirsch i really i really like you know judd hirsch to begin with and i thought he brought a really good charm as the eccentric uncle who kind of you know blows in and out like a hurricane mm-hmm. uh it's shot very well just like any just like any uh Steven Spielberg movie is uh and it's got some good cameos that really make for a fun movie oh yeah that cameo at the very end of the movie is yeah. was like peak it was great yeah. yeah um i haven't seen it yet but i want to see it oh uh, as a lover of movies you need to see it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's the that's my that's my pitch for anybody I, that hasn't seen. You're it. You're gonna have to watch it anyway because it's getting nominated. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah, for oh, sure. Awesome. Yeah. Um. Okay. My number four is the Banshees of Inertion, uh, which oh, see that. Oh, it was so good, Lisa. I just it was so good. It was the driest of dry Irish dark comedy, and it was yes. it like it starts so normal. And just elevates itself to this place of absolute absurdism, but still feels so authentic and real and logical that you can't help but be like, yes, of course, that's what would happen. 
Like, why wouldn't it be anything <laughs> but this? It's just so masterfully done across the board. I texted Palmer while we were watching it. I was like, I could see our relationship getting to this level. <laughs> <laughs> I could see this happening. Like for us, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. I um, these my top five are movies. Actually, truly, I think from number seven on, even eight are movies that I'd be like, yes, I'd watch that again. Absolutely, I will watch that again. I will watch it again and again mm-hmm. and again. There's something to catch, and this is a movie that I will, I will absolutely um, want to see. But not just for the performances, but it's just it's beautifully shot. Um, music's great, um, and it's got some really solid thematic storytelling that I can get behind. So Banshees of Inishin was just excellent. Yeah, it, you know I'm I'm gonna get to it. I kind of been dragging my feet because I don't know I don't know if it's a movie that I'm really gonna want to watch more than once. But after seeing. After finding out a little bit more about it during the Golden Globes um, for the awards that it kind of picked up, mm-hmm. uh, I actually do have more of an interest to see it now than I did prior. So, did you see In Bruges? No. Oh, yeah. I was because it would tell you if typically you typically not my kind of comedy. No, it's definitely so, not your kind of comedy. Though this one, I think that you will take to more than than to other ones yeah so because it's the same writer and director right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and colin ferrell in both yeah just everybody's good everybody's everybody's top notch Mm -hmm. um from start to bottom um okay lisa your number three three my number three is well, it was called on a podcast I listened to today. It was called M. Thregan, but it's Megan. M. Thregan. Oh my gosh! I thought that was funny. <laughs> but yeah, why did Megan. you love? Why do you love M. Thregan? Oh my god, y'all! This movie is so freaking good. Um, you know, it's horror, it's campy, it's silly, but it is genuinely funny. Like it got genuine laughs out of me. Um, it knows exactly what it is. It's it's just done really well. I think the way that they did this, you know, kill a robot doll by using some CG, an actual child, camera tricks, all kinds of stuff. It's effective. It's creepy, but you find yourself rooting for Megan. I found myself on her side, as I've always said, when our robot overlords take over, I'm on their side. Mm-hmm. So she did it's nothing great. wrong. She did nothing wrong. No. She followed her programming. Um, it's awesome. You got to see it if you haven't seen it yet. I have not seen it, um, especially since it's in theaters. It's almost impossible to get to the theaters these days. So, oh, um, I understand. Yeah. So um, I tried, tried to see. We're supposed to see Avatar over Christmas break, and I had bronchitis. And I was like, well, that was our one chance. Oh. So I guess... I'll see it eventually. <laughs> so, um, but uh, uh, yeah, I, it is between you saying it, Palmer's. I know Palmer really liked it, um, and a lot of other people said it's bonkers, and you should see it. Then I'm yeah. good for that. Yeah, it doesn't shy away from what you want it to be. Great, it's it's smarter than I thought it was going to be. I'll say that. Like it's funnier and 
and Whittier. I thought it was just going to lean on the camp, but I think it does a little more than that. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Palmer, you're number three. My number three is the menu. Oh, nice. Yes. Go, go team. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, it is. It is a great movie. I saw someone complaining because they felt like the movie kind of had its head head up its ass. And I'm like, yeah, like it's supposed to. Yeah, that's like, nope. What they're Nobody, commenting on. Right. Yeah. Nobody in this movie, aside from Anya Taylor-Joy, who's kind of not necessarily lured in, but kind of just there, deserve, like, no one else you're supposed to like at right. all. Right. Like, not any of the guests, not any of the people in the kitchen. Um, And so, like, I... I had a little idea of what the movie was going to be, but I thought it was going to be more like the hunt. Oh, sure. But, mm -hmm. but you know, that obviously wasn't the case. Uh, my, my one thing on this is I, we won't say what happens, but I think the only time this movie falters is the very, very end. Um, I, where I feel like not necessarily like I get like everyone kind of accepts their fate by that point, but it also then kind of seems like they buy into this cultish atmosphere, which I just thought was weird. Yeah, but maybe that's because it it kind of plants those seeds early for one side. It's very hard to talk about this movie without spoiling it. Um, uh, then maybe. You know what it is? It to me, it felt more like um, Stockholm syndrome or something like that. Oh, okay, like, but the, you know, like where there's just a like they're just lured in with like food that like brings you together, but he's using it to separate. Like I guess it's very hard to talk about this movie, yeah. without thing. But I, I I can understand what you mean by that. I know what you mean, but I feel like that was a commentary on this strata of people that e people do everything for them and do whatever they want all the time. And they become like incapable of doing things themselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so even when they're like in danger, they're trapped by like their status and their money and everything. And they're just kind of like almost waiting for someone else to fix it. Yeah. And that is never going to happen. And they don't um, know how, how to fix it themselves because yeah. other people yeah. do it for them. Yeah. Um, and and even though everyone is horrible in this movie, again, except except Anya Taylor-Joy's character, Nicholas Holt's character is the worst. Truly. Because I mean, he, he knows yeah. what was going to happen. That's true. I, I Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. I, if there's a character that I could have gotten like I guess behind that was not the worst. It would have been John Leguizamo's character. Like, oh yeah, I yeah. agree. That that guy didn't. Do, he was just an arrogant actor. But that was it. I was like, <laughs> but he was in a bad movie. He was in a bad movie. You know what I think? Like, I feel like I, I totally some, get that. That is to me almost feels like Hollywood commenting on Hollywood when they're like, oh, one hundred percent. When they're the just whole movie like, is yeah, and and 
that only flies so far for me because they're only talking to a very specific audience. It's kind of like how yeah, Hollywood, it's like kind of how, well, I don't live there though. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like how Hollywood loved La La Land because it's about their home. It's basically like they're making a movie about their hometown and everyone in the town is like, oh, did you see that bit where they like were at the place we love? You know, this movie's great. And like that, you love La La Land. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I do like it. I like it, but I don't like it for that reason. I like it for its, like, twist on the musical or the classic romance or, like, these other things. But I will stand by that the sound mixing in La La Land is terrible, and it drives me insane. The Like, the volumes are just all over the place. But, um, yeah, I just, uh, yeah, just, like. They're like, you know, the Guardians holiday special, Lisa, did you, I don't probably you didn't watch it, but did you watch the I Guardians? I watched it. This, it's not good. Don't bother. But um, I didn't <laughs> like it at all. But uh, there's a bit in there where they like have Kevin Bacon and he's like, I'm just an actor. And, and Drax is like, actors are the worst people in the world or the galaxy or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you're all actors. Like, okay. It's funny. <laughs> like, just, it's funny. Because Batista is horrible. Actually, that's not true. I've yeah. seen him be very. I've seen him be good. Not I've seen true. him be terrible too. He's but really I've good. also seen it be good. Um. Anyway, uh, let's move to my number three because we're that's, over our time yes. limit. Um, my number three is Top Gun Maverick, which just wow. I weird. It didn't have the right to be as good as it was, and I think that's it's what the, you know. Like it it's did. just mm-hmm. Top Gun is really good. Top Gun's great. I love Top Gun. And I just I just didn't expect every single line, every single scene and shot and music choice and like everything worked from the top down. There's not a beat missing. And at the end of the day, I watched a movie where I know they did a lot of that stuff in camera where they mm-hmm. just did a lot of of cool stuff that makes going to the movies worth it. Um, And I can just really appreciate that. Not that like making stuff in the computer is not great or it's not its own work of art or not complicated, right? It takes a lot of math and know-how and skill to like make me believe that a giant blue alien is real and that I should care about them. Like there's a lot of right. There's a lot that really goes into that, and that's its own special thing. But there is something like just crafty about making me see it and knowing that I will still see it exactly the same way forty years from now. And that is Mm -hmm. that's very special. And I just um, movies that surprise me, like where I think it's going in this direction, and like I say, ninety percent of the time I'm correct. Just because it's my job to know how stories are structured and where they're going and the styles that they are. So when a movie tricks me or it goes in a different direction I wasn't expecting, it automatically like goes up a few pegs because it didn't do the norm. It didn't follow the rule book, and I appreciate that. So number three for Top Gun Maverick. Very cool. You got to see it, obviously. Obviously. Um, Lisa, you're number two. My number two... Uh, movie is the Batman. Nice. nice. I mean, you know that I was going to have it pretty high up there <laughs> because of how I feel about Batman mm-hmm. and the Batman. No, I didn't, I... Lisa. 
Oh, well, I truly believe this is like one of, if not the best films on Batman, and there's quite a few of them, mm -hmm. but I love this casting. I think Robert Pattinson is perfect to play mm -hmm. this version of Batman. Um, this is the kind of Batman I like. It reminds me a lot of a lot of the graphic novels that I enjoy, like specifically a lot of the um, Snyder stuff. Mm -hmm. Not Zack Snyder, but Scott Snyder. That's right. Um, yeah. It leans heavily into the aesthetic from the Arkham games, which was a good choice mm -hmm. because those games are amazing. It's like a healthy blend um, of the Anton First Burton aesthetic and the Arkham games. And you just like squished yeah. them together. Yeah. Leaning into that noir uh, vibe heavily. And Batman is like a complicated emotional person that. I like seeing him that way and I like seeing the detective side of him. So anyway, it's number two for me. Yeah. I'm totally with you. It just, it's one of like I, these other movies. I think it just like, it hits all the right marks at the right times through, through the course of the movie. The only thing that I didn't love is like, maybe I think it was the comic reader in me. There was like big reveals in the movie where I am like, yeah, I know. You know, yeah, but, that's true. Yeah, that's it. Didn't as a comic reader, it didn't surprise me. But as a regular moviegoer, I can see why it would be surprising. So um, I, yeah, yeah, um, that's not I really a mark Cat against Woman the movie, too. though. Yeah, like, um, like she was a better version of Catwoman that I think we've seen on screen maybe ever. I mm -hmm. think a close second would be how, Michelle Pfeiffer. How dare you? Yeah, and sorry, I I don't like Anne Hathaway's. Anne Hathaway. Nope. It yes, not that's not a surprise to She's like a rich lady wearing a cat costume. This is Catwoman. Catwoman yeah. was in this movie, in my yeah. opinion. And but you know, it's funny because Anne Hathaway's <laughs> like supposed to be the like the other class in like she's supposed to be of lower class and all this stuff. But her performance in that movie feels so inauthentic. Like it feels like she's reading from a script that she's like she's not believably a character that she's like acting in a movie. And I just, uh, yeah. I just can't buy her performance at any level. So, but yeah. I loved Zoe Kravitz. She was amazing. Yeah. Zoe Kravitz was good. Yeah. All right. Very good for your number two. Highly approved. Palmer, your number two. My number two is the better version of a Batman movie this year. And that is Avatar The Way of Water. I still haven't seen it. No, nope. I'm sorry. It's I, so I know long. you haven't. <laughs> So it, it's it, it's not that long. You saw the Batman. It's the, pretty much the same time. That's but that true. was two and a half hours about Batman. That's also true. <laughs> and this is about two and a half hours of really cool looking blue people. Isn't it three hours and ten minutes? And Tarzan from the Disney Tarzan movie. It yeah. The Tarzan's plot of this hmm. movie gives me the ick, but I'll eventually see it. We, my wife and I watched the uh, first movie. I would say the plot of this one is, yeah, like, like I can see, I can see your argument with the plot of the first okay, movie. Okay, okay, that's fair. And I haven't seen this movie, so I'm talking about something. Yeah, that this I don't one don't know anything about. So this one is pretty much just the plot of Star Trek Four. So okay, is that the, is that that's not whales? Which one is yes, that? Yes, that's the whales. Oh, it's the whales one. It is, oh. the whales. Yeah. I can get behind that. 
Interesting. Yeah, I liked that movie a lot. Yeah, and yeah. Good call bringing <laughs> up Star Trek. That'll automatically get me more yeah. on board with pretty much anything. Um, <laughs> so obviously, like, I really loved the first Avatar, so I was already invested in these characters. I've been waiting, okay. you know, to see a sequel and to, and to continue this story. I get the the issues with the first movie from people that that I can believe having like having those issues like is it a white savior movie kind of I think it does it better than than other movies where I think it it tries to break away from that trope but I understand it's a fair criticism this one um you know he he's got a family they're still in love and now he's trying to protect this world he can't do it by himself uh but all that aside like for a movie that took 20 years to get made this might be the the prettiest looking movie i have ever seen okay like i fully believe that these locations were real and like I get on a lot of movies nowadays for slipshot special effects mm-hmm. and just kind of grinding out the special effects to the point where it doesn't even look real anymore. And this, like, yeah, it took twenty years, so you gotta you gotta put it somewhere. But all of the special effects on this look so good and so realistic that it blew me away. I understand people not wanting to maybe go to the movies and spend three hours and 10 minutes. I honestly think that if you can go to the movies to see it, I don't know if if, if it will translate as well at sure. home. I can understand that. That's fair. I wanted to go to the movies and see it. We were ready. We had a babysitter. We had everything. And my lungs did not cooperate. So, oh. um, <clears throat> but, you know, maybe... I don't think it's leaving the theater anytime soon. So hopefully, no. I think we you, can get I there. think you still have at least two more months. Yeah, because as of like as of tonight or as of tonight or very early tomorrow, it will have made more money than any movie released like pandemic era. Well, I mean that's that's great. I mean, yeah, it's. I was talking to some people about it, some of my uh, students, and they were they were saying that like they liked it because you didn't have to know stuff about anything. Oh, like okay. it's like, yeah, you don't fresh. need to have seen the first one and not even that, but it's like, okay. you don't like, it's not like, Oh, like, like a new star Trek movie or a star Wars movie or a superhero movie. Like there's like preconceived stuff that sometimes you just kind of have to know. They don't bother yeah, to you explain to things to you anymore. Right. And even little things like, so like when we were, my wife and I were watching the Batman, she was like, wait, so do Batman and Catwoman have a, like, are they like, a, do they have a real thing together? Because like, she's thinking like, she basically grew up with Adam West where Catwoman was a bad guy. And like, yeah, they, there was eh, had, they like, sexual tension, but it wasn't oh. like, like explicit romantic interest in the same way that like, they've evolved into now and so like uh-huh. that kind of stuff like is m- more challenging for regular viewers um to that kind of sense. roll along with and you don't need any of that with avatar it's just one movie and here's the second movie you know so yeah that's right. true right 
and they could do a good enough job of kind of catching you up to the story in the beginning. Mm. Okay. Okay. Well, that's your number two. Honestly, I thought it was going to be your number one. So your number one is going to be a complete. Yeah, I did to me. too. Yeah, it's probably going to be Megan, but that's. But I'm not positive <laughs> about that. Um, my number two is the Fablemans. Uh, going oh. along with Palmer, it is truly. It was my number one uh, until my number one came around. Like it was. Ooh. Yeah, it's. Curious. If you love movies, you need to see it. If okay. you grew up with a family. You need to see it. Like, if you, wow. if you're interested, way to shut out all the orphans, people, Tim. If you grew up, you need to see it. Like, um, like I just, <laughs> it just hits on so many levels. And like, you're a minute into the movie, and you're like, Spielberg is a master. Like, that's that's like how much his fingerprint is all over the movie. Like, every wow. shot just is Spielberg, and it's just really, really wonderful. And it. It just ends so I want to say abruptly, but it ends in a way that like there's so much more story to tell and it gives you so much life because of it. Because you know it's kind of his memoir. You just like know what's going off to happen because you just witnessed it happen, like in right. this really weird meta way. Like and it's just it's really cool. It's great. If your mom ever threw you into to a car to go chasing towards a tornado you need to see this movie my mom would totally <laughs> do that that's kind of like i was watching that happen and i was like that's something i would have done growing up that's like not exactly that but that feels like pretty close to my childhood experience and so yeah. um yeah it was just it's good stuff yeah it was good stuff i loved it all right the moment we've all been waiting for our number ones Lisa, your number one. My number one movie is a movie called Nope. 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 Tell me why it's your number one. I loved this movie so much um, on many levels. I thought it was incredible. Um, I've liked Jordan Peele's other films. I really liked Get Out. Um, I thought us was, I thought us was like a, it was like a Twilight Zone episode. I mean, it it was good, but it wasn't as good as Get Out. Mm -hmm. And then this movie I thought was his best. I thought it blended a lot of things that he really cares about. Um, and the, the central theme of like the spectacle and how spectacle has negative and positive connotations and the way Hollywood is like a machine that chews people up and spits them out. And the way that we are so drawn to like tragedy and gore and I don't know, just God, this movie was so good. And another like corny reason why I like it. um, Y'all know that I love anime and Jordan Peele loves anime. And he based the design of something in the movie off something in Evangelion. I, I just don't want to say too much because it's giving too many things away, but uh, tell us when we're done recording because I'm interested okay. in that. I didn't notice that watching it, but then when I watched some behind the scenes about it, I was like, oh no shit. This that is so perfect. Also, oh man, I just I don't want to say anything because I don't want to give too much away, but <sighs> yeah, I can't say too much. I it, it's brilliant. Um 
the Gordy's time stuff is especially brilliant. Um, God, I could talk about this movie all day, but there's so much I can't say. So I would just say, see it. And it was great. Honestly, yeah. your what you just said, because I, I didn't love it. I actually thought it was the weakest of his three. Um, but mm. you just like pushed it up a few notches in some of the ways that like you contextualized the movie. I think I got hung up in the wrong areas while watching it. Like I spent most of the yes, movie thinking about the shoe. Like and like <laughs> like yeah. what the shoe no, was. No, you're not and, alone. Yeah. I actually you just saw an interview with everyone. Jordan Peele today on um Happy Sad Confused podcast and and Josh Hurwitz asked him about the shoe. Um <laughs> and so now that I've heard his reasoning behind it, it's great and I'm upset I didn't figure it out myself. Um and uh I don't wanna Again, I don't want to spoil anything. So if you're interested, you can either go to Happy Sad Confusion or I can tell you off air. But uh um yeah, I I like I like what you said and I wish I had thought about it that way while I was watching the movie because I think I would have enjoyed it more than I did. But anyway, Palmer. Yes. Do you have anything to say about no nope? It was a good movie. Okay. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I think Us is his weakest movie. Easily. Um, nope, I think was really good. Although I was going in to expect a little bit horror because that's what he's done well for the last few movies. Um, didn't get that. Got a nice sci-fi movie. A little bit sprawling at times in its story. I think I think he does a really good job at pulling it all together and making a very curious movie to get people there to watch it. And he delivers nicely. So I think it's a I think it's a good pick. I'm actually surprised that it was that high on your list though. So I got my reasons. <laughs> they were good. I mean, I I'm I I'm not saying that they're not valid. I it was just a oh, surprise. No. Oh, I no, yeah, I know. I'm just saying. I wish I really I heard you more, talk about like it that much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fair. Um, it's because I'm trying not to say a lot of spoilers, but there's 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 reasons that I'm not sharing why okay. I like it. But... Well, that's okay. Uh, Palmer, your number one. My number one is from a writer director. Of a movie that I absolutely cannot stand. And this movie is the exact opposite of it in so many ways. And it is Babylon. Oh. Really? Oh. This movie starts off at like a 12 out of 10 as far as like going balls to the wall. It's. The beginning to me is, is almost like distilling a Baz Luhrmann movie in like 10 to 15 minutes. Like that is how frantic and Connecticut and kinetic the pace and energy is of this opening party sequence where we're being introduced to all these characters. Um, and then from there, it kind of goes on with its story after we meet everybody 
in this one wild night. And it kind of branches off from there to a to a remake of essentially singing in the rain. It is about yeah, it is the period of time where talkies are just coming into into vogue, are just starting. So you have these people, you have Brad Pitt who kind of plays this old actor who now has to learn to become a star again in the talkies. You have Margot Robbie, whose star was just starting to rise. And, but her dictation and her, and her speaking mannerisms aren't necessarily suited for the talkies. Mm -hmm. And you have this one guy who starts off at corralling an elephant for this party that, that they need to get this elephant to and work his way up to be a really well-known and powerful person in the, in the industry at the time. And we like, that's his journey is the one that we see the most. And that's the, that's kind of like your through line through everything else. But, you know, like you said, with, with Nope and how, Hollywood kind of chews you up and spits you out that happens a lot in this movie and it's a very I think it's a very like blunt look at at what the industry can do to you using this obvious time you know using this obvious time frame of going from talkies to to we're going from silent to talkies and how it pushed a lot of people out of the industry because they couldn't they couldn't roll with the change and it uses that as more of a comment on how on how Hollywood is as a whole, and mm-hmm. it's just done really well. It can be manic at times, but I think if you can get past that and the fact that it's nothing like La La Land, which I <laughs> think is what turned a lot of people off, and I I but I mean that like people who love La La Land like this. This isn't La La Land. Like this would be like mm. saying, this would be like saying Dumbo and South Park are the same because they're animated shows or movies. Yeesh. Yeah, Got that's it. not really a good comparison. I love yeah. Whiplash. No, no, it is a good comparison. No, no, no. I mean, like comparing <laughs> South Park and Dumbo. Like, oh, yeah, what idiots? Uh, um, oh, the yeah. same person did Whiplash. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I that I, I did that not movie. know. I do really like Whiplash. Did you like First Man? I don't think I saw First Man. Palmer I... definitely did because we saw it together. <laughs> sure. That sure. sounds like a movie I definitely saw. Yeah. No, we definitely saw it together. Yeah. Um, okay. But um, I was just curious if it's La La Land or because now it's you like Whiplash and Babylon. So, it, you know, you're either two for four or three for four. So I'm just curious. But um. Hmm. Um, Babylon is on my two C list. The soundtrack is great. I have listened to the music, and it is awesome. Oh, um, the music is awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's uh, that's good stuff. Okay, so my number one is a movie that was on neither of your lists, uh, and so I'm curious if you guys saw it. Uh, my number one is Tar. I saw yep. everything this year, Tim. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Um. Did you either Lisa? Did you see Tar? I did not. Palmer, did you actually see Tar? No. Ah, 
I want to talk about this with somebody. Um, Go ahead. It is. You, you can talk about it. I have. I watched this movie about a month ago, and I think I thought about it every day. Like since then, it has come into my brain for some reason. Whether it's a particular scene, a theme, a a bit of Kate Blanchett's performance, it is just out of this world good. Um, okay, I gotta see it. It's. I don't know if you guys even know what it is. So it's like she's allegedly the like the greatest classical conductor in the entire world. Like that's like her thing. She there she's American, she lives in Germany, she like and she is like the she's the best at what she does and she is uh, abrasive and opinionated and uh the movie starts with these two really long sequences that just feel so real that you're like they're watching a thing. So it starts with her like in an interview, like in an audience. And he's just like asking her questions about like her views on music and the world and why she's doing this symphony coming up and all this different stuff. And her performance is so good that in the first, those first five, 10 minutes, you're like, you're a real person with like, Mm. and I, and I like am so, in with what you're doing and then like basically the next sequence that you watch is her teaching a class at Juilliard and like everything she says and does is commentary on the music world on the entertainment industry on like modern culture and it's just so well articulated and the movie is basically only through her perspective and so you're only seeing her version of events. And so it, as the story unfolds, and I don't want to really give anything away, as the story unfolds, it does not talk down to you. Like you have to pay attention because it it's only giving you the details from her perspective and her life and the way that she mm-hmm. sees and views the world. But you know how she sees and views the world because she tells you in these first two scenes. This is like her thesis on life and how to live and what she does and how she acts and why she does it. And then you have to piece together in some ways, this mystery of the kind of person she is and what she does and does not do in her personal life with the influence that she has over people in the music industry. And it's just out of this world. Good. Like I just, I will watch this movie for the rest of my life. It's so good. Um, and it, Everybody in the movie is good, but it's – Kate Blanchett's performance is so magnetic that you really can't turn away if you're – truthfully, if you're watching the movie correctly, which means, you know, like you're not on your iPad, you're not on your phone, you're not anything. You are just like in to watch this two hours of this person's life. And – Okay. Yeah. It was great. Um, I – if you're Academy Award people, it will be nominated, like at least for her, if not the whole movie. Like mm-hmm. there's no way that it won't. So I do recommend one of the best, like out of all the years that we've been doing this, this is easily one of the best movies that I've watched in years. Wow. So, but anyway, okay. I can't wait wanna, to see it. Yeah. And I, all of that is to say, I don't want to overhype and think that like that you will walk away transformed or you know a profoundly <laughs> no, new person at the end of it really but good yeah view, though. yeah but you know like 
sometimes people win awards like best actor actress awards and you're like yeah that was good i guess you know like you were the best person this year and you're like i don't even like we talked about tom hanks like it's tom hanks doing a thing or whatever like i honestly forgot it's kate blanchett after a while even though she just looks like kate blanchett because she's just so is this person yeah very Um, cool yeah it's yeah so anyway tar definitely see it okay don't tell me what to do (laughs) (laughs) um well that uh that is our that is our time that is our our top tens of the year um lisa thank you so much for coming on and joining us um can you tell people one more time where they can find you Yes, you can find me on Twitter at ILTM Podcast. I'm also on Instagram at I Love That Movie Podcast. And you can find me anywhere you listen to podcasts. Excellent. Excellent. Palmer, you can find him on Academy Rewind on Twitter. You can email us at academyrewind at gmail.com. Uh, you can rate and review us on iTunes. Find us all the places podcasts can be found and thoughtbubbleaudio.com to check out all other Thought Bubble Audio shows including but not limited to um, the shows that you will find there. The end. Um, uh, again, thank you uh, all for joining us, and which is great because I think they're playing us off. No, I have some more people to thank. Oh, too bad. Bye. 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 And we're back because, Palmer, you need to tell us what you thought was on your uh what you thought was on our list for our top 10. So let's start with Lisa. Lisa, I had Bemis and Butthead, Chippendale, Glass Onion, Act, Smile, Barbarian, Bullet Train, Massive Talent, Menu, and Pinocchio. So Very nice. You did pretty good. One, pretty, two, three. Pretty solid. Five, yeah. One, two, three, four, five. You got five of them correct for Lisa. That's pretty good. Glass I got onion, five out of ten. Uh, I had had Pearl on here at one point, but I didn't realize that you hadn't seen it yet. Yep, that's okay. So, yeah. And then for Tim, like, he saw so few movies this year, like, it was really difficult to, like, figure out what ten he, I he tell, saw. I could tell you exactly so how many I just went I saw. with, like, saw, like, 25. I saw 34. Wow. You actually... You actually watched a lot in the closing days. I did. So half of his list was made up of like movies that were on like the bottom of my ratings for the year, like (laughs) Thor, uh, Chippendale, Batman. And then some I figured he would like. Last Onion, I'm actually surprised wasn't on your top 10. I'm kind of like everybody. I thought that was better than the first one. It's number 13, Uh, if that makes you feel better. Yeah, it does actually. Chippendale. Didn't see. Which I'm actually shocked at. Uh Battle you of the should, Super Sun. You should see that. Um, Chippendale. Um I will one day, maybe. Um yeah. Battle of the Super Suns was excellent and it was in my top ten until I saw some other movies. Okay. Um, but uh it just doesn't I mean, like, it, it just, just doesn't so, stack like up to so the other well. ones that I saw. But yeah, it was very no, good. I, I understand because I really loved it. Yeah, but it was there was great. no way it was going to make my top ten, just given how much I've seen. Right, uh, Light Lightyear. Haven't you seen like it. Space and Pixar. Didn't see what? it. What? Nope. Didn't see it. You are a sad. You are a sad human being. I. It's a sad, uh, strange and, little man. You had the opportunity yeah. to quote Buzz Lightyear in that exact moment, and you failed. <laughs> right, but I'm I'm changing it just like they changed his backstory. I see. 
yeah. from being a toy. Uh, unbearable weight person. of massive talent. Didn't see. Uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio, which got? I knew was going to be on your list. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the Fablemans. Yep. Marcel with a shell was actually a shot in the dark. I can't I believe that you knew that I would see that. That's wild. That's my favorite one <laughs> from this list. And then Thor. Um, Thor's pretty far down on my list. I was like, what, what was August? I mean, I sat there and I was like, what was the worst comic book movie that came out last year? It's going to obviously be on Tim's top 10 list. Out of 34 so movies, it's number it 25. Like oh. Out of 34 movies, it's number 25. Yeah. I mean, for me, out of 202 movies, it was 201. So To give you some context, uh, after Thor, these were the only movies. Um, Don't Worry, Darling. See how they run. How like, did you not like well, Don't Worry, Darling? No, to be, to be clear, I enjoyed, even going all the way down this list, I still enjoyed some of these. I still enjoyed uh, them, like, to some okay. extent or another. Um, Love and Thunder. Don't worry, don't worry I darling. Know. Stop, stop that, Lisa. See how they run. White noise. Okay. Clerks three. Secrets of Dumbledore. Halloween ends and Black Adam. Basically, oh, Halloween ends was bad. Yeah, yeah. Not it's, as, it's basically not, not as an, Halloween kills, it's, but it was it, bad. It's basically Secrets of Dumbledore where the list like topples out <laughs> off the cliff. Like, like, but all of those other ones I enjoyed for one reason or another. There are very few movies that I didn't enjoy. Seeing yeah. this year, I had almost put Secrets well, of Dumbledore good. on for Lisa, but I didn't really hear her talk much about it after I knew she watched it. It's just, it's just a movie that exists that I'll never see. Right, again. but she's more of a she's more of a Fantastic Beast fan than than anybody else because they're kind of boring. No, <laughs> do you <laughs> think they'll make more, Lisa, or do you think it's no, it's no. over? I think we're done. Yeah. I think that JK has lampooned her career by continuing to double down and saying the things that she says, stuff, mm-hmm. the, th- the things that she says. And I don't see that continuing, which is a shame as a person that did like those stories, but I get it. You know, yeah. I can't, I mean, yeah, no one's making her say this stuff. Yeah, and like Whoa. we had that we had that conversation too. Like, like I really liked Fantastic Beasts. Like I thought the Fantastic Beasts series was really well done. So when this one came around, like I I want to watch it, but I also don't want to I don't want to financially contribute to them being like, well, we need to keep doing this. Well, you don't have to worry about that because I don't feel like they're going to do it do them anyway. So nope. No, I don't think they're going to do Fantastic Beasts, but I think we're point. going to still get Harry Potter content. Sure, sure, For sure. So yeah, but I mean, WB needs a, money, and it's one of their IPs, so, so of course they will. Oh, for sure. Yeah, but yeah. Um, but anyway, there's a they whole other different conversation. Money. We only came on for the top ten. So Palmer, good try, um, good attempt, everybody. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.